I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom, how's it going? Hello Ellen, so well. Today we are chatting about Mr. Wrong Number by Lynn Painter, but first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? You know, I haven't read much other than this book, but I did watch a few things. We did watch a few things this week. And I watched some things without you. What did you watch without me? The movie yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I watched the um, movie Book of Love. Correct. With Sam Calflin. Calflin. Yeah, however you say his name. I think it's Calflin. Him. Um, and that was cute. It was cute. It was not like an Academy Award winning film, but it was an enjoyable watch. Cute, romantic, funny. Most importantly, we need to talk about the fact that we watched Persuasion. We did watch Persuasion. So here's our mini review of Persuasion. I was talking to someone today, actually, who had major beef with it. Okay, let's do two different ones because you're a Persuasion aficionado. I've never read the book, so it'll be two very Correct. different perspectives. So Correct. you go with yours. Okay. Mine is this. There were a couple instances, more than a couple, where the Austin purist in me and the um, historical romance aficionado in me shriveled up and died a bit, where people were being described as tens, she was referring to him as her ex, um, things like that where I was just like, ugh, 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 and it just hurt me inside a little bit. Um, that being said, I kind of knew that that was the case going into this film, so I forced myself going in to separate it from historical and literary context and once I did that, I think I enjoyed it more than I would have had I not known that going into it. Um, I did find it to be very beautiful. I thought, I thought Dakota Johnson did a good job with the script that she was given in, in capturing the character. Now, the script that she was given, was it true to my vision of Anne Elliot? Hell no. Here's what I do think it was true to, though. I was telling someone today, because the woman I was talking to at church, who um, had much stronger opinions on me in the negative, um, she, was, she was saying it just wasn't Anne Elliot. And I said, I agree. What I think it was, though, was they were trying to take a combination of Anne Elliot and, and then incorporate into the character of Anne Elliot the snarky narration of Jane Austen. And so I feel like it's a combination of those two things, that character of Anne Elliot, with also some obvious modern influences. Um, so 
that's my thing there. Um, I thought everything else was very pretty. I, I really, okay. When she started running in the ending, I was like, not freaking again. You guys were doing so well with the ending. I know I've said this before, but I just really needed someone to like get that ending perfect because I love that ending so much. Um, when she started running a la the 2007 adaptation, I was like, not again, you guys, but it's, it's less egregious than the 2007 one. And I have to say there's a moment that made me tear up a little bit in the end where they're holding each other and they show his face and his face just so perfectly encapsulates like the Finally. Finally. Like, yes, we're together. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it was just beautiful. And I loved that moment, like, so much that I kind of couldn't help but leave the movie like, oh, that's, that was, oh. And so if I put aside all of my Jane Austen, you know, all of my strong affinity and um, knowledge of the book, I enjoyed it. But I can def I will not begrudge anybody who has beef with it because I I get it. But I I still enjoyed it. Okay, here's here's me. <laughs> I have not read the book. I've seen other adaptations of Persuasion, obviously, because I'm not a hermit. And um, and you live with me. And I live with Ellen. <laughs> um, so I've seen other adaptations of it. Um, I went into it also knowing that it was not going to be your normal historical. Yeah, we, we told my dad before watching it, we're like, it's a modern adaptation. And then when it started, he's like, I thought you guys said this is modern. And we're like, oh, well, we should have specified. <laughs> it's a modern, you know, historical. <laughs> um, so, and, I, and I'm afraid, I have a feeling this is not going to go away anytime soon. This historical, you know, anachronistic. It's not a Julian Fellows kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. a trying to appeal to a wider audience kind of thing, I think is the... Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of... It's obviously trying to, like, sort of capitalize on some of the Bridgerton of it all. Yeah, definitely. Um, But it's still, I think, more anachronistic than even Bridgerton is uh, in terms of terminology. And some of the, like, some of the moments are just, like, very cringy. <laughs> but anyway, continue. But... So not not someone who's familiar with the book itself. I mean, I've read Jane Austen. I just haven't read Persuasion. Um, Which is a crime. <laughs> uh, I thought it was delightful. I, I But I went into it, like I said, knowing that it was going to be like, I loved the colorblind casting. And I love colorblind casting without trying to explain the colorblind casting. Just let it be colorblind casting. Um, and because um, we love, what's his name? Gregory uh, John Page. Well, no. no. Oh, uh, Henry Golding. Well, we love Henry Golding and the guy who oh, played... Um, ben Bailey Smith is his name, but he was on Taskmaster as Doc Brown. Doc so Brown. when he showed up, I was like, oh, it's Doc Brown. <laughs> so we love him. I thought the girl that played Mary was very funny. I thought um, I thought Dakota Johnson, Johnson did a good job. I thought she was entertaining. And, um, you know, I like to see her overcoming maybe some of her Fifty Shades of Grey typecasting. And... Um, Anyway, I found it delightful, but, you know, I get that there are people out there who are going to have problems with it, but I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, it, um, yeah, I, so, I will, I will not 
I'm not gonna, like, die on the pedestal of defending it, because I get why people have beef with it, um, but I also enjoyed it, and, like, my cousin texted me, and she's like, I just appreciate that it's, you know, like, a non-dower adaptation of Persuasion, and I do have to agree with that, like, um, I do think, like, Persuasion is, if you're gonna make any of her books, like, moody, it's definitely, um, the most well set up to do that, but, um, I, I have always felt that there's, there's more joy in it than is sometimes depicted, so I do, uh, agree with that, that, you know, it was nice to not have such a dour adaptation, and, um, I also like that it, um, it kind of, like, talks more about their relationship before, like, than any of the other adaptations, you know, and it kind of, like, I think in some ways it even, like, a applies to it more, appeals to it more than the book, but, um, you know, so it kind of gives you more of an understanding of, like, where they were before she, like, ended things and, um, makes you feel kind of more of that angst and longing. Um, so that's our, that's our feelings on persuasion. I'd love to hear what some of you guys, in fact, maybe I need to So the takeaway from this is don't read the dumb book, just go watch the movie and enjoy it. <laughs> don't listen to her. The book is amazing. My dad, we, my dad was watching it with us and he's like, so have you read this book? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I have read this book more than any other book on earth, including, you know, books of scripture. Um, and, um, so I, I mean, I think I'm up to, I, I last count that I remember is like 13 or 15 times of this book. I love this book. Um, so it's, it's just, I love it. Um, so you should read the book. It's I should. I probably won't. Yeah. But I should. Yeah. You're, you, yeah. Um, the other thing that we watched this week that I loved was Trixie Motel. Oh, jeez. I forgot all about that. <laughs> um, my favorite drag queen, Trixie Motel, um, did a Discovery Plus home renovation show where her and her partner... Uh, make over a they motel. Bought a motel. They bought a motel in Palm, in Palm Springs, Springs and they remodel it and it is amazing. Well, the rooms are very kitschy and colorful and bright and so fun. And I told mom, I now want to go stay at the Trixie Motel. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, it was a lot of fun. If you're looking for a fun renovation show with like Super fun, mid-century, crazy designs. I loved it. And drag queen Yes, and drag throughout. queen eleganza. Um, it was amazing. Um, we also, Mom, have to talk about the big news that came out this week. The big news. How dare you? The TV rights... Oh, yeah. ...for the Winston Brothers have been bought. <laughs> um, I, like... Because Penny Reed, like, posted a thing, like, the day before it was announced, just saying, like, you know, watch this space because big, big announcement coming. And I'm like, I swear, Mom, if she says <laughs> that the rights have been sold for freaking Winston Brothers, I'm going to die. And that's exactly how that shit went down. And it was amazing. <laughs> and Ellen died. And I died. Um, It has some, you know, I was, I was texting with some friends and um, they were like, wow, I really hope it goes through. I'm like, it has some pretty good, like you know, talent attached to it. So I'm hoping that 
you know, everything follows through. Because there is still a chance with TV rights, you know, being bought that, that it doesn't follow through. Um, but it's, Mom and I were talking about it. It's, like, so well set up for a TV series. You know, it's got, like, the through line of the Iron Race. And, I mean, especially now, she has, like, an entire freaking cinematic universe, like, built up around Green Valley at this point. Um, and I'm just so excited. I was telling Mom, though, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if the series ends up being, like, a little more angsty than we're expecting. A little darker. Because, you know, like, some more Sons of Anarchy thrown in there than, like, we're expecting because of the whole, um, motorcycle club drama. And their dad, their dad is a bad guy. Well, there's, like, I mean, remember that in the Winston Brothers, there's, like, kidnapping, there's, you know, um, abusive parents, there's, you know, lots of stuff going on, um, lest we forget, so, um, yeah, I mean. I mean, all of Scarlet's backstory, Claire, Scarlet. I will ball my eyes out, but, um, I'm I'm really hopeful that it gets done, that it gets done right, and um, that there's some hot bearded. Maybe guys. as we get closer, <laughs> we'll have to do some dream casting, and maybe I can make magic work again and totally get casting right yet again. Um, <laughs> you did pull off hating game. Yeah, the thing with casting with these things is I feel like people get a little too dream casty. You like you know. As much as we would love to see it, we can't have freaking Henry Cavill and Chris Hemsworth and all these big... Like, I, that's what I see all the time with people trying to cast Charlie up. Charlie Hunnam. Is they get all, you know... Um, no, we're not going to get the gazillion dollar No, we're not. Maybe stars. we'll get one, but we're not going to get all of them, you guys. Um, so, you have to be a little bit more realistic um, in your talent. Um and also the other thing I was thinking about with the casting is I feel like the other thing I see with casting a lot with these things is you see a lot of people, you know, saying you're Henry Cavill's and you, these guys who are like in their 40s now. Yeah. But you have to, or like late 30s at least, um, you have to remember that in the books at least a lot of them are mid-20s. Mid-20s. Um, so you have to go younger and so... There might be some younger guys than sometimes we envision well, in our we head. Well, and if we want it to be a series, we want it to go on for years. Yeah, and they need to start so younger they need to start young rather so they can than age yeah. appropriately. Yeah. Um, especially because there's, you know, a whole slew of them. And I wonder if they would start with, um, uh, why can't I think of this? Ashley's book. Um, They'd have to have Ashley and Drew in there because they, yeah. they're in the series like a lot. So I don't know if they would, but I, I, I could see I could see it kind of actually um, focusing on on her because they do call Ashley's beard and mustache the like point five of the Winston brothers. Yeah, it's definitely what launched them. Yeah. Um. So I'm so excited for that. I I'm, you know, I I cannot wait. I will literally pass out when we like first get a trailer or something like that or so excited or even just news that a streaming service picked it up or yeah anything like that i'll be like oh it's happening happening." (laughs) (laughs) um but yes uh we also been watching murder shows because yeah we we found a good one though we did um we watched we watched a couple though um i also want to say to um because the only other book i've been reading is a teaching book, so that's boring. Um, but 
Um, kind of a cool experience that mom's now heard me tell lots of people. But um, some of you might have seen this, but I posted on my social media that um, I, I had like a wish list of stuff that I wanted to get for my classroom. And um, as a first year, teacher. as a first year teacher, and I posted it to my Facebook and to my Instagram <laughs> and I, I laid the pity on extra thick and I told some of my friends that, you know, I put on there, I'm like, keep in mind that I've never asked you people for baby shower gifts, <laughs> wedding gifts, bachelorette party gifts, <laughs> uh, bridal shower gifts. And meanwhile, I've gotten all of those for all y'all. So, <laughs> so step up to the plate. <laughs> so this is this is your chance to make it up to me, especially some of you. You know, I've bought a lot of stuff of that of that nature for some of you, in particular. Um, but it was really cool. Like I had this. I mean, I think I have like a hundred items on this wish list, and now there's only thirteen items left. And um. Over half of that was bought for me by complete strangers, which, um, it was just really cool. And it was, um, it was kind of like a life affirming. Yeah. There's good people out there. There's good people out there. And, um, some of you bought me things, which was lovely and so appreciated. And, um, I, like I said, I put, I put a post about it today and I just only hope that I can live up to your guys' support. You better be an amazing teacher. <sighs> Listen. Um, but, so that was very cool, and um, it was a nice, good thing that happened this week, and I've been getting just piles of Amazon packages. Oh my gosh, the Amazon guy must think we're crazy. <laughs> He's going to think I have a problem. He literally pulls up, like, this big bin <laughs> and then unloads it on our porch. Well, you know, that's the thing with getting lots of things from different, like, lots of little things from, from a bunch vendors. of different people is that um, I've just been getting, I mean, I think one day I had, like, 22 packages or something on, on the front porch, and it was insane. Um, but it's been very lovely and um, just very, a very nice good news thing, you know, which I don't think we get enough of. No. And honestly, if you want to support other teachers, because I, I think I'm good, but um, I use the hashtag um, clear the list, which is a thing that Amazon promotes um, where teachers can post their wish lists. And um, I think that's how a lot of the strangers found me. Um, so if you're looking to support education, look on that hashtag, see if there's a teacher you can help, um, because it's pretty rough, you guys, especially as a first year teacher. Poof, I've spent... I don't even want to think about it. I've spent so much money. I know my first year teaching, like, I had to do our taxes because I didn't want my husband to see how much money I'd spent. <laughs> it's um, ridiculous. It was thousands of dollars that first yeah, year. Yeah, I think. Like, trying to build your classroom library, trying to set up your classroom, trying to get all the stuff to support your curriculum. Well, and somebody, um, somebody that ended up getting me something, it was um, a friend of mine from L.A., she just posted, like, you know, I, I bought you a couple things. I think it's ridiculous that teachers have to you know, supply their own classroom. I said, well, it's either supply your own classroom or have like the drabbest, most yeah. sad looking classroom you've ever seen. And, you know, like they encourage teachers to have like fun, engaging lessons. And it's like, okay, that costs money. Like if you want me to have games and fun stuff and crafty things, like, you know, step up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that Put your money where your mouth yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Anyway, I really appreciate 
um, the help and it's just been, it's been lovely. Um, okay. You ready to talk about this book? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, was there a book that we were going to talk about? Or, we're done. Okay, <laughs> I know. We've, bye. we talked about it. This is like, I think the longest, um, beginning section Intro. we've ever had. <laughs> um, did we see a movie this week? No, we didn't. We saw Thor. Oh yeah, we did see Thor. That was at the beginning of the week. Um, yeah. Oh, I was Thor. telling the teenage Thor, girls. Thor, Thor. I was telling the teenage girls I work with. Um, I was like, his body is, is stupid. It's like, beyond banging. It's, 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 and yes, I was telling teenage girls this, but I was just like, you guys, it's unreal. His, yes, like pachow, pachow, pachow. It's just stupid. Um, I've seen like some negativity about the movie. I loved it. I'm predisposed to love a Taika Waititi movie. Um, and it was funny. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was a Marvel movie. It's kind of rom-com-y y'all. It is. Um, so I, I appreciated it and I appreciated what Chris Hemsworth was bringing to the table. Oh. Which was just stacks <laughs> just, upon stacks of muscles. Just pecs and biceps and just, uh, I think that really someone needs to send, like, erect a statue to Mr. and Mrs. Hemsworth for supplying us <laughs> like, with Thank these. you for your gene pool. <laughs> thank you for, for supplying this for, uh, for our viewing pleasure. Um, anyway, okay. Now let's talk about the book. Today we are chatting about Mr. Wrong Number by Lynn Painter. Um, this book came out earlier this year in March. Um, prior to this, Lynn Painter had a YA rom-com called Better Than the Movies um, come out. But I think, from what I can tell, this is like her first big-ish, I guess, um, adult romance. Um, so here is the back cover description for Mr. Wrong Number. And there is my dog barking. This is why he's usually in here snoring, is because if he's out there, he's barking. Your dog barks? <laughs> Here's the back cover description for Mr. Wrong Number. Things get textual when a steamy message from a random wrong number turns into an anonymous relationship in this hilarious rom-com by Lynn Painter. Bad luck has always followed Olivia Marshall, or maybe she's just the screw-up her family thinks she is. But when a what-are-you-wearing text from a random wrong number turns into the hottest, most entertaining, albeit anonymous, relationship of her life, she thinks things might be on the upswing. Colin Beck has always considered Olivia his best friend's annoying little sister, but when she moves in with them after one of her worst runs of luck, he realizes she's turned into an altogether different and sexier distraction. He's sure he can keep his distance until the moment he discovers she's the irresistible Miss Mistyle he's been sort of text sexting for weeks, and now he has to decide whether to turn the heat up or ghost her before things get messy. Mom, Ellen, what did you think of Mr. Wrong Number? I wanted to love this book so bad. The first, you know, 50% of it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a love. This is going to be a love. And then I just couldn't get there because... She kept making stupid... Uh, I didn't like the way she handled most everything that happened. <laughs> that is, I'm basically the same. I mean, this would have been like a hard love hard love if she didn't make some of the dumbass decisions that she makes. <laughs> well, I loved the banter. I loved the texting. Mm -hmm. I love there's so much about it that brothers, I Brothers, best friends, sister or yeah, brother yeah. so yeah. brothers best brother friend, friend relationship which yeah. we all know Ellen I'm gobble 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 yeah. is all about. Um 
So there was just so much about this book that I loved. And I found I thought it was funny. I thought it was charming. And then she just couldn't make me not be irritated with her. <laughs> yeah. A lot of negatives in there, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. She, um, I mean, and like even prior to that, she's making choices that are like, come on, girl. But, um, she, and so, but even that I was like, okay, you know, I see what, you know, what this book is about. It's fine. And, well, um, she was almost kind of a cartoonish character of, of yeah. you know, hot messness. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, then she, she really just like outdoes herself and like, like every time I think prior to like, up, I yeah. just like, girl, I think prior to that, she's just, she's just kind of a little flighty and that's fine. But then she starts making choices where I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. this is so irrational and unjust and kind of dickish that I can't like get behind you at all on, on this one. And so when stuff like that happens, it makes me wonder, you know, this great guy, why is he even interested in her? Because she's yeah treating you awful. But anyway, so that that's that's how I felt about the book. Yeah. We're going to talk about those specifics. But I really tried hard to love it. I really went into it. And even after the first time when she, I, she kind of irritated me, I thought, okay, that's okay. I can, I can gloss over, that. get past that. But then she does it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's, I'm literally the same. And I, from glossing over some of the listener feedback, I think we are not <laughs> alone in feeling that frustration. Um, okay. So we've kind of touched on this, but what did you think of Olivia as our heroine? I loved Olivia until I didn't. Yeah. Um, she, <laughs> I really did, you know, I felt for her. I, and we're going to talk about like his acceptance of her later on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which I did really love and appreciate, but she was a hot mess, but I liked seeing her trying to get back up on the horse. I mean, I loved her. You're like, okay, I got to keep moving. So she's just really trying to get her yeah, life in order. back on the horse and, Yeah, you know. and there was just so many things that I just like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with this girl. I, I, and, and then she just bugged me. Yeah. She's, um, you know, like, that's a bit of her, the, that's a bit of her personality in the book. She's a bit of a hot mess. But she's, you know, kind of a fun hot mess. She's charming and endearing and, and yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay, so she's, and we are going to talk about his acceptance of her, which I appreciated. There's a moment that I want to talk about that was my first kind of like, what what, what are we doing here? Um, and that is when he um, gets mad at her because she drank his tequila. Which I understood. Totally. A thousand percent. Well, and she gets all self-righteously angry about it. And well, I'm like... Not only angry, but just kind of poo-poos him. It's like, like blows him off. And I, I was like, that was like sentimental to him. Yeah, exactly. And like, he doesn't say that to her, but he shouldn't need to say that to her. She is staying in his house rent-free, which totally fine. Like, you know, she needs a little leg up and I'm fine with that. And, um, there's a, there, and, and then once that happened, I started to get like retroactively pissed off at 
how she handled living in their house on a few other instances. Well, even just babysitting her nephews without asking. Yeah. You know, it's their house. I, yeah, I never understood why she didn't go to their house. Which would and, make way more sense because yeah. then she could put the kids to bed. Which, I mean, like, listen, I've watched my fair share of nieces and nephews. <laughs> um, well, just nieces. nieces. <laughs> um, and I always go over to yeah, their house. so you can put them to bed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the watching watching nieces, uh, watching the nephews at the house, um, inviting Sarah over, which, you know, he didn't even have a problem with, but still I would have been like, she was just never, like, cognizant of the fact that she was staying in somebody else's home. For free. For free. For a month. Okay. Let's go back to even the printer breaking and her ruining his rug with toner. Do do printers have toner in them still? I don't even I know mean, if that's a thing. not, like, small home ones unless he's got, like, a big commercial. Like, I mean, I change a lot of toner and Well, I've changed copiers. a lot of toner, too, but it was always big, like, office things. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I was frustrated with that and her just covering that up and you know just oh that's no big deal and just all this stuff but all these things she's very kind of selfish in a lot of ways yeah with the way she treats their home yeah and she's a guest and it's mostly his home her brother pays him rent but it's like reduced rent it's reduced rent and it's still like his name from what i understand on the lease or whatever yeah i mean he owns the condo yeah and, um, so it's just like, so that, so that, te- so I, I kind of glossed over a lot of that stuff, but when that tequila thing happens and she gets all like, what is your big, like, sorry, I drank some of your stupid tequila with the stupid mustache. And she man keeps treating him like he's super precocious <laughs> and I mean, super, um, what's the word I want? Pretentious. Or, pre- that's the word I want. Pretentious. And, um. She keeps treating him like he's the one at fault because he's being such a dick about the whole thing. It's like, honey, no, this is on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then once that happened, I got more pissed off at her for her past sins. Um, and even, even like sleeping in his bed, which is you know becomes kind of like a I cute- do want to. I do want to shout out the praise for the purple mattress because I was all about that. Mom has a purple mattress. And I love it. However, there is at one point where she moves the purple mattress by herself. There's no possible way. I'm assuming (laughs) hers is a queen size because it was only one mattress because ours is a king, so it's two separate mattresses. And um, It's ginormous. It weighs a bazillion tons. There's no way she could move that by herself. (laughs) So I'm just saying Um, that, just putting that out in the universe. Yeah. But I, I do love my purple mattress. And I we will should, fight anyone who doesn't. We should be sponsored. <laughs> um, but um, what, what were we saying? What I was I remember. saying? Um, you interrupted oh, my she flow. napped in his room. She na- Okay, so even napping in her room, which kind of becomes this, like, cute thing between them. Um, he, it's like, sleep in your brother's room. Yeah. I don't know. There's well, there was a whole weird thing there because her brother was never around, and well, I guess he had that girlfriend, and he yeah. was staying over at his girlfriend's all the time. But it was just weird to me that, like, your her, sister is now like you her brought and Colin her home alone all the time, and the brother's never I think, around. I think it helped for you know. I get that. The plot I get that. Um, okay, so we're gonna talk about some other specifics with Olivia. Um, but I agree. I liked her until I didn't. Um, and 
she has fun things about her. Um, and you did kind of like want to root for her after her life went to shit, you know, after Eli, Eli. Um, but she makes it hard to love her. Yeah. She does do things that are irritating. Um, okay. What did you think of Colin as our hero? I loved Colin. I really liked him. I wish I could like him a little bit more. I felt like he was, I felt like we didn't get a chance to like, there was nothing about him that like I could really latch onto and like love other than the fact that he put up with a lot of shit from her. He did. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like he bought her a purple mattress. <laughs> that's that's what, that's what I love. That's enough. That's what I love about him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I loved him too. I just, um, usually like with our heroes, I'm just like, oh my gosh. But with him, I was like, yeah, he's, he's good. I, he's a nice guy. Yeah. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Um, but there wasn't anything I could really like glom onto with him that made me like. He looked like Ryan Gosling. I mean, I did like that about him. <laughs> he had a lot of money, apparently. I also like that about him. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like, I guess personality wise, and like we kept being told that, he, you know, she kept saying he's a pretentious asshole and then other people kept saying he's not. And I never, he's not a pretentious asshole, but I, I wanted to get more of like what a good guy he is actually. Like I wanted there to be like hidden depths to him that I don't feel like we got. Is that? That's fair. Okay. Um, so what did you think of the premise with the wrong number? Here's It seemed so unlikely to me. Okay, here's what I wish. Here's what I thought was going to happen. I loved it as a device, obviously. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I did love the texts. I loved their communication yeah. through the texts. Yes. Um, I wish that there was some explanation of Jack her brother had given him her number, her number. And meanwhile, he also has the girl's number that he was trying to text. And maybe they're like one digit off from each other or right next to each other on his contact list. Or yes. Something. Or so they're written right next to each because other. Because the odds of him texting her out of the blue, out of every number in that area code, I guess he only seems Impossible. I guess the only problem with that, though, is that he could easily, like, have figured it out other than, like... He would have figured it out earlier. Yes. Um, but also then, I'm... But who is he texting? They never even say who he was trying to text. He was trying to text the Harper. Oh, Harper. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um... And his text was, what are you wearing? What a dick thing to text to someone. <laughs> well, that's the, what she says, essentially. Um... Uh, but even that is, I, I didn't understand. So like I needed explanation for him to be like, oh, because here's, cause here's the problem is he texts, what are you wearing? And then later he texts Harper actually. So where was he getting Harper's number? Was it saved in his phone incorrectly? And then he looks it up and corrects it or. See, none of that, nothing like that was explained. So Yeah. Was he typing in the number? I don't know. It was, it was 
Never really so, explained. Yeah. The logistics of how that happened, I wanted there to be like more of a logical explanation. And it could have just been like a throwaway one sentence, like, you oh. know, in even if it's after the fact when he has so realized. maybe he's got Harper right next to like hot mess or something that he's got her <laughs> saved under. But, but then he would have known it was her right off the, yeah. top, off the bat. Yeah. So it can't be that. So I think what it has to be is the two numbers are written down and he forgets which is which, but then he would know that if he starts texting her and it's not Harper, that it's obviously going to be her, so that doesn't work. So, okay, so even if it's this, he has Harper's number written down, he goes to text her, he gets the wrong number, he starts texting Miss Mistyle, then when he finds out, when he, he finds goes, Harper's number. No, 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 no. Stop. So then when he finds out that it's her, he goes and he looks and he's like, oh my gosh, they're one number apart from each other. Yeah. Like, when he, like, and then he puts, so even if it's just that, like, a one sentence, or like. transposed two numbers or something. Yeah. I, I needed something. But, I needed something, too, because it was too, I mean, it just, yeah, there was no explanation as to why he's just dialing some random number and it happens to end up being her. Okay, but all of that aside, I really did like the premise of getting a wrong number and texting them, and um, their flirty banter was a lot of fun, and, you know, that whole beginning part where they're texting and starting to sext a little bit, um, I was fully on board with, especially when it became very obvious that, you know, they actually know each other, and... Um, and I loved all of that. Loved it. I even liked the whole idea of, so he ghosts her. Once he finds out it's her, he stops texting her back. Yeah. But she just uses it kind of as a sounding board. So she continues to text him. And so I even liked the idea of him, like, reading her texts and, yeah. and you know. Well, and it made it fun because. Knowing some insight into her. Yeah. Because and, she's texting him like, oh my gosh, I. You know, just, just went kissed on the, my yeah. brother's best friend or something, <laughs> and it was so hot, and, you know, he doesn't respond to that, but he's still getting those texts. I just had the best sex of my life. <laughs> yeah. So even that, yeah, I agree, was fun. Um, okay, so I don't... Hmm, what? So what do you... So with that, though, with the premise, what do you think of him keeping it from her? We're not going to talk about the reveal, but what do you think of, like, what is your stance on him not telling her the truth? Because I wouldn't, I don't understand why, like, especially once they started having sex or making, even making out, mm -hmm. if he just showed her his phone and said, by the way, this has been happening. I just found out. He could even say, I just realized this is you. Mm -hmm. And it would be a cute way for her to be like, oh my gosh. I do love him because I wouldn't put it past her to still be pissed off. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but at least it would have cleared the air, and he wouldn't have had to pull the whole thing with Nick. It just would have all been, yeah, yeah. I don't. So I totally agree. I mean, he's essentially catfishing her at a certain, yeah, you know, at a certain point, and I don't agree with that. Um, but. Like, in the grand scheme of the book, I also <laughs> didn't end up being all that mad at him about it. Because I think it's made a little bit better by the fact that he keeps trying to ghost her. 
and he's trying to just, like, okay, I'm gonna, like, cut this off because I can't be doing this with her. And, um, and that, so I think him ghosting her when he finds out, like, sort of made it a little bit better. I think where he really gets into hot water is the whole Nick situation. Um, but even that, like, in my mind, he was, he had, like, good intentions, whether or not they were, like, sound right. was, is obviously. Well, and I think she even realizes in the end that he did it from a good place. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to, like, defend him, but, I mean, I guess where I land is she pissed me off a lot more. So. Even that night when he found out it was her, if he just said, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is you. Yeah. You know, just. But then that, the book would be over. That's true. <laughs> But she, she needed to jump that then. <laughs> oh, I guess we need to have sex now because this was happening. Because you know that I wanted to do it hard up against a wall. A wall. Um, okay, let's talk about her and her job. So she... You mean the mommy job? The, the mommy, the parenting blog. Um, so, you know, she burns down her apartment, <laughs> which is why she ends up in Omaha with her living with Colin and her brother Jack. Um, she's trying to find a job out there. She gets this job, and it's like a dream job, where she's a parenting, like, advice Colin. Like a Dear Abby for parents. Yes. And um, the problem is she doesn't have any children. So she lies about having children. And um, she gets found out and fired. Um, what do you think of that whole plot point? Well, first of all, I'm betting there's a lot of people out there who write parenting blogs that don't have children. I don't know that it's that big of a deal. But, because it was more of an entertainment factor than an advice thing. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know, though. I mean, I, I don't know if that's... I don't know how much I'm about Anyway. That. However. Um, because it would put the paper in, like, some pretty yes, hot water. I like, get that. From a but she was PR writing thing. other articles for them, too. I don't know why they didn't just say, you know, we're happy with this work. So because what? she had lied to them. Okay. It's ethically. Yeah, people never lie in well, job interviews. <laughs> well, but it worked out fine. I mean, she got yeah. her other dream job, so. Yes. I mean, you knew when that started that it was going to become a thing. Uh, yeah. So. We went into this but knowing. But it was going to crash and burn. Yes. Um, here's, um, because... And he even makes the point, yeah. in this town, it's not that big of a town. People are going to find out. Yeah, it's like a city, but it's a city where everybody still happens to know each other. And I don't know. So, like, she gets fired. The Her boss calls her and says, you know, like, I found out that you don't have kids, so we're going to have to fire you because it's, like, ethically... Wrong. Like, yeah. And um, she immediately is like, well, I only told one person, so obviously it's his fault. Like, obviously he was blabbing his mouth to all of his rich, snooty friends, and yeah, that's this, how it That's how it went, it went down. This is why I don't know why he likes her. Because she treats, and it's not just this, it's just she always treats him like he's, like, some pretentious prick, and he's not. Yeah. And she always treats him that way. Yeah. Um, so this frustrated me because he even, you know, like mom said, he told her when he found out, like, you know, you do you, I'll tell you right now, somebody's going to find out 
you know, because it's not a bit, it's, everybody knows each other's business. So like you think it's a secret, but it's going to get found out. And when she gets fired, she immediately jumps to, he told somebody. Whereas for me, I would be like, oh, in my background check, they found out that I don't have children. Like it would be so easy for an employer to, or they to went realize, on my Facebook page and yeah. realize that I don't have kids. Yeah, it like I, I just I couldn't buy that in this day and age. Like you would immediately assume it was somebody told, like this like, one person who knew the truth told, you know, that you really like that you're starting to have feelings for that you just had sex with. Yeah, and it was let's accuse him of doing it. Yeah, and you know it turns out that what it was was she was out with her boss and somebody that she went to high school with told the boss like, Oh, actually I know this girl and she doesn't have any kids. And I, you know, anyway. Um, so that was the first like big And that's thing. the one I thought, okay, yes, it irritated. Cause here's what she keeps doing is she gets mad at him, accuses him of stuff and then doesn't let him defend himself or say anything. She just gets pissed off Yells at him, storms off. Yeah. There's not a communication at all. It's just her pissed off out. Yeah. And and then blocks his number or whatever she does. You know, and you know me in cell phones. And um, so I get irritated that she, I'm like, that's not a mature way to handle any kind of a situation. Yeah. You know, you have a conversation about it. That's what you're doing is not a conversation. Well, and I mean, like, he's trying to tell her, like, I didn't. I didn't tell anybody. Do this. And she's like, whatever. And it's like, and she even says, like, you're the only person I told, so what are you telling me? And it's like, he's telling you that he didn't tell, tell anybody, anybody. <laughs> is what he's telling you. Yeah. And there's there's other instances that we're going to talk about where this same thing happens, where he is telling her something, and she's just like, whatever, I don't believe you. And it's like, girl, like, I mean, it's just like decent hum human behavior just to like hear somebody out yeah especially if you have like feelings for this person i don't know whatever um <laughs> okay um so on a more positive note let's take a break from our bitching bitching about her and um what did you think of the progression of their relationship and i'm thinking kind of his acceptance of her and also like kind of her Mm, holding back some be just because she's afraid of, like, falling. Okay. So that's two very different yeah, questions. Yeah, more. Okay. I mean, okay. So, first of all, I loved, loved, when he first realizes that she's, she is a hot mess. But the reason is, is because, how does he say, she lives life out loud. No, she yeah. lives life large. Yeah. And so there's going to be some collateral damage when that happens because she just loves everybody and she's just out there and yeah i really i also that is like my like most positive takeaway from this book that i really loved was um you know because we've had other characters like this the other especially other heroines who are just clumsy and klutzy and your typical kind of rom com -y heroine who just you know like oh i'm falling oh <laughs> and um falling falling but I really liked that that kind of becomes in in like a non manic pixie dream girl kind of way, but in a like yeah, she is kind of, she is kind of a hot mess, but that's like what he ends up loving about her and that he appreciates in her 
that she loves big. She, you know, has big gestures. Not afraid of being just out there and large. Yeah. And, um... And that that becomes, like, what he loves about her. And, um... And this is just, like, a byproduct of her living the life, life the way she does. And especially, like, in comparison to her family, who, like, give her a lot of crap for it, um, that he kind of recognizes, like, no, this isn't, like, a negative about her. This is a positive that, you know, she's... She's just, you know, a little tornado, and there's going to be... I think he even compares her to that. that yeah. um, and so there's going to be some... Stop. Damage left in her wake. Yeah. The, um, now, your other question about um, her her, and her having a hard time committing to a relationship, because I didn't feel that was explained well enough. Because here's my... Because I understand... Because I didn't like the way she handled most of these situations, where she felt she had been betrayed. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I could see that because she was betrayed by Eli, her ex boyfriend. That all was pre bookness. We start after she just broke up with Eli, and um, I get that that hurt her, but I would have liked to have that explained more in context with why with she's him. with yeah with him and and her feelings for him. I I because there's a lot of times where you know, heroines handle things wrong and it's because of something in their past and it's explained to me well enough that I'm like, okay, yeah, I see. I see why. I, like, bought into this more than you, I guess. Um, Because I think, you know, she has just been burned and it, and, and it's described with the Eli situation that she thought he was getting ready to propose. Yeah. And, um, Meanwhile, you know, all of his planning with her coworker or whatever it was, or his coworker that she thought was like planning a proposal was actually them having an affair. Yeah. And, um, so I kind of read it like, you know, she's misread signals before. And so she's trying to not misread signals with him where he's throwing all these signals about like, you know, slow, easy loving, and, you know, she's trying to not read into that, that that's making love, as opposed to just, you know, like, there's moments when they're having sex where, um, she kind of gets in her head because it starts to be a little bit more slow and tender, and she's like, I, I, I don't want to buy into this because... I've been burned before in, like, thinking that we're in love and we're not. And so she, like, puts the brakes on it and then he uses his, yes, mis-earned information (laughs) about her liking it fast and hard. And he's like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, go into this. But I actually kind of, I kind of liked, I liked that, that, you know, in those moments where she starts to realize that if, if we, if I like buy into this slow, tender loving, I'm going to think that we're falling in love. And I don't want to do that because he's told me that we're just like a fling and I don't want to catch feelings before he does because I've been burned on that before. And she does keep saying, you know, so when this ends, when this ends, 
Yeah, and he's like, why do you have to keep saying it like that? Yeah. Like, can't we just kind of, like, see where this goes? But I do think that some of that is also his fault. Because, like, I'm, I think that's some of the problem with modern dating is, like, we describe things as, well, we're hanging out. We're doing this. And, like, we try to make things too casual so that we don't get burned. But it's like, no, just, like, you're either in a relationship or you're not. Right. And, like... You're exclusive or you're not. And if you're exclusive, you're in a relationship. Like, call right. it what it is. And so I think that that was also, like, playing with her head because he kept, you know, saying things were a fling. Where it's just like, no, you guys are being exclusive to each other. You're dating. Like, yeah. call a spade a spade. <laughs> and so, um, so I didn't, I didn't dislike that about her. I thought I was okay with that. But I didn't feel like... That was enough earned. I didn't feel like that was enough to okay her behavior. That's fair. I I was okay with with that component of her. I had other like no, yeah, I was fine with that component of her. Yeah. I mean, I under, and I understood it. Yeah. I just didn't think it was enough to explain away the way she behaves later on. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. I, let's get that straight. But I did, I did appreciate it in those like intimate moments that it's. It's obviously something that's, like, a bit of a, like, stopping block for her. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. So I liked, I liked that, but I agree that her, pers- her ensuing behavior is stupid. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about that. What did you make of the conflict here? I would believe that that would be the breakup over him hiding that he is Mr. Wrong Number. Mr. Wrong Number. And then the breakup and then, um... I wouldn't, even call it, I wouldn't even call it breakup. It's her getting pissed off because she literally does not let him say anything about it. Blocks his number. Both Blocks his, his numbers. Number. He keeps saying, let's just discuss this. Let's just discuss this. And, and she's like, just gets pissed off, storms out, blocks his number, doesn't talk okay. to him for a month. And here's what I'll say. Fair enough. When it, like, if you need to, like, step away from a situation, I'm all for that. Step away from the situation. But then, you know, calm down, hear him out. Right. Um, I, yeah. So, she finds out, she gets pissed off, and that's fair. I'm, I'm fine with that. Be pissed off. Because that's, I mean, that's a, you would feel an invasion. Yes, and and you would be pissed off, and I and he did wrong. I uh, I do not think he didn't do wrong, um, but also step away, realize okay, I was having a connection with Colin on a physical intimacy, and I was also having a connection with Mister Wrong Number. Whoa, cool! They turned out to be the same person. Let's explore that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, I mean, she seems to have, like, a lot of beef with the fact that he was using information that she was giving to Mr. Wrong Number to, like, manipulate her physically. But it's, like, who cares? Like, that's some... If you're... If If you're you're getting what you want, it's just like you explain to him exactly how you like to have sex. And now you're getting that? Why would you be mad about that? Yeah, it's like... It's like, in fairness, you're sleeping with him. You should have told him, like, what you like anyway. Right. You know? Um, 
So just consider... Before some rando on, on a text line. Yeah, it's like, just consider this to be like some awkward steps that you didn't have to take because right. you already took care of it. Um, what else do I need to say about this? My biggest beef with this whole situation... Like, so she won't talk to him anymore. My biggest beef though with this is the resolution. Yeah. Which basically is like a month or so later. Oh, no, no, no. Not even not even the resolution. My biggest beef is he goes to her like well, she says, "Let's get together and talk this out." Yeah. And so they're supposed to meet at a coffee shop. Correct. And when she's at the coffee shop, she is faced with the guy, Nick, who um, he sent on their fake meetup. Yeah. And again, she is completely justified in being pissed off. And Nick does tell her some things that are hurtful. Yes. That he says that Colin described her as like a hot mess. Well, and, and he, she's crazy. In fairness, Colin said that to him because he was worried that. Nick wanted to actually start dating her. Yes. And so he was trying to downplay her and make her sound crazy. Crazy. Because he. Which, again. Because he was jealous. He should not have done. Right. Um, but, um, and again, she justifiably gets upset. Um, he is talking to her and he tells her that he loves her and that the last couple weeks have been miserable and he has realized how much he misses her and loves her and she basically like laughs in his face <laughs> she literally is just like whatever and yeah. she keeps putting air quotes around you love me he says stop air quoting my feelings yeah. and um she again like throws being rich in his face like she's always like using that yeah. as a weapon against him which kind of bugs me um Especially when, again, we've seen, like, nothing to justify her being, like, pissed off at him about that. I don't know. Um, and then she leaves again. And, like, there's more time. I think there's, like, a month or so. Then a month goes by. Yeah. And then she's at Thanksgiving with her family and catches wind that he's leaving. And... He's moving to Chicago. That a big part of why he's moving is because of her. Because he is miserable and he can't stand to be like in the same city as her because it just like makes him so sad. And at this point she lives in the same apartment building as him. And so he is moving and she's like, well, wait, he can't do that. He didn't even talk to me about it. And it's like, bitch, are you serious? <laughs> Why? Why would he feel even an iota of need to discuss any of his future with, with you? Because you. he tried and you laughed in his face. Yeah. And my dog is scratching at the door. <laughs> and he, I don't know. So, like, that reaction seemed so completely out of nowhere that I was like, okay, you're being, you're mad that he described you as Nick to being crazy, a crazy bitch. And you are being a crazy you're bitch right now. acting like a crazy bitch right now. <laughs> and I was just like, girl, come on now. Like... I don't know. And then, you know, he, she goes running to him and tells him he can't leave. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, because I love you. And he's like, yeah, I love you too. And then they get married. 
or not. Or, I don't remember. I don't know. I can't remember. They get either. together. And, and text each other. Yeah, and I was like, he, she needs to do way more groveling than that. <laughs> that is not enough groveling. And Because I think we're supposed to believe that he needed to grovel, but I was, like, so much more pissed off with her at this point oh, that I was like... Absolutely. I don't know. And... And I feel bad because I feel like we always, like, we always have more beef with the heroines than we do with the heroes. And it makes me feel like an anti-feminist or something like that. But, I don't know. Like, well, I think romance writers try so hard to write the perfect hero that we always get kind of not-so-perfect heroines. Yeah. That... I mean, I like, so I like when, like, a lot of the emotional journey is from, for both of them, and I think a lot of times, you know, because it's, it is fiction that's written for women, so I think a lot of uh, the emotional growth is sometimes with the heroine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see growth in this book. I saw her trying to improve her life. And that's all but good. But emotional growth, I didn't see emotional growth in this book. And to be honest, she, in my mind, she didn't even really deserve the good luck that she got. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I don't know. So, again, we're really ranting and harping on this book, and I still really liked it. There's, um, but she was pretty egregiously hard to read. Yeah. And ruined what would have been like such a like hardcore love for me. Well, I went into We're talking book. like boyfriend material love, like Yeah, I mean, I could have yeah, cuz the the banter, there's just so much about it that was so fun to read. And um but she just like towards the end I was just like I didn't even like her as a as a, as a character. Yeah. Um but I did like so much more about this book. There's yeah. a lot of things about this book that I really, really loved. Yeah. Um, let's talk about sex, baby. Speaking of things that I really loved, I really liked the way the sex was written in this book. It's fairly tame, which actually kind of surprised me because, like, leading up to it, we've had, like, the sex thing and, like, the pretty, like, well, it's sexually charged flant- flirting banter. It's it's tame, but it's pretty hot. I mean, it's very um I think it's it's uh it's well written in that you feel it, you're like I get it, I'm into it. Yeah. But it's not But it doesn't get into like nitty-gritty. Yeah, it's not a really graphic or yeah. So I enjoyed reading it. I thought it was a I think I thought it was the sex was really well written. I would agree with that. Um, what was your swooniest moment? When you bought her the purple mattress, because <laughs> <laughs> I am not, I do? cannot, I cannot stress enough <laughs> how much, Mom loves how much I love my purple mattress. <laughs> In fact, I want to go get on it right now. Um, I kind of want to get one too. I really like mom's. Don't they are pricey. They're very pricey. I got mom a discount. You so did. I, I so it's, I'm sort of like him. I yeah, kind of, you might even a, still have the code that you could. I might. <laughs> that you could maybe I'll, bamboozle one. I'll have to look at um, that. And they're not cheap. They're, no, they're they are not. <laughs> but, um, just like 
yeah, when they called and said, um, the furniture guys are up delivering your furniture. And she's like, I didn't order any furniture. She goes up there and there's a brand new bed up there for her. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. And it was a purple mattress that there's no way she could have carried by herself. <laughs> Again, you need to reiterate. <laughs> I can't, I can't stress there's that no enough. <laughs> um, my swooniest that we've already talked about, but it was the moment where I was just like, oh is when she's getting trampled by the dog yeah. and he has this, like, aha moment Tiffany. where he's just like, um, oh my gosh, this is why she is the way she is because she just lets herself get trampled by big dogs. Yeah. And, um, and, I might and then have, she walks around with muddy paw prints the rest of the night. I might have some affinity for this because this literally happened to me. I was in, I was on a beach in Ireland, in Dublin, and there was this huge, I think he was like a... St. Bernard? I not a St. Bernard. It was, um, what's that dog? Why can't I think of the Bernese mountain dog? He was just like a big, fluffy dog. And um, he he was very, like, playful in the ocean. And then he comes running up to me and my friends were all, like, super worried. But he, like, jumps up and is, like, licking me and is, like, all over me. And I was, like, I had muddy paw prints all over me <laughs> and my friends were like oh my gosh are you okay i'm like yeah he was just a sweet big old dog and like the owner was like so like Mortified. apologetic and i'm just like it's okay i love i love dogs they could have happened to a worse person trust me um but so i had affinity for that scene as well because um but so she had to eat her fancy dinner with paw prints all over her yeah her nice well her sister-in-law's yeah clothes so Again, that's just the collateral damage of her being the way she is. Um, okay, so those are our thoughts on the book. Let's hear from some of you. To start, we have audio from Catherine, um, who's been on the show recently. Yay. Um, so let's hear from Catherine. Okay, so I think we've talked about before. Oh, by the way, this is Catherine. Okay, I think we've talked about before how... For some library books, you can use Skip the Line where there's like 10 or so books available that always have long hold lists and you can skip the line and instead of checking out the ebook from your library for 21 days, you can check it out for seven days. So I was on hold for this book and then it was long and it was a long wait. So it came up on Skip the Line on audio and I was like, okay, I can do that all um, keep my hold on the book, but I will go ahead and listen to the audio. And so I started listening to the audio, and then, you know, I she started doing some things that got on my nerves, and you know what happens when characters start doing things that get on your nerves? Like, you just can't keep it, keep going. You have to switch to podcasts. You're like, oh, I can't keep listening to this audio. I can't switch to podcasts. And then... I saw, I was like at 70 something percent at this point. And then I saw that it was available for skip the line on ebook. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm so far in, like, I'm not going to skip the line. In fact, I'm going to get rid of my hold on the book because I already have it on ebook. Like, I'm almost done. It'll be fine. And so I get my, I take my hold off of the book and I don't borrow the ebook um because again I can't you can't do skip the line on more than one book at a time you can only do one at a time they let you keep the original the hold on the original book just in case you don't finish it in the seven days and then you have to wait your turn like regular but again I let go of my hold 
So anyway, the seven days passed before I finished the book. So let that be a lesson to you. If you're doing Skip the Line and you're doing an audiobook, I mean, I guess Cassie could probably do it because she's really good at audiobooks. But everyone else, beware because you have to listen to them very fast. I hope everyone has a great day. Bye. Thank you for that life lesson. Life lessons learned <laughs> by Catherine. Um, Catherine, I, based on our feelings, I, you, you can decide whether or not you would have felt any differently. Um, on you can call this one "Skip the End." <laughs> we, because um, we did ebook, and it sounds like we had some of the same frustrations. So <laughs> do do with that information what you will. Um, thanks for sending that in, Catherine. Uh, Tiernan said. This was a fun read. I enjoyed the text messaging between Olivia and Colin, and their chemistry was good. Her family was awful. <laughs> really, her mother was the worst, and his dad was a jerk. It was a bit much. I hated that she lied in her job interview. I was so confused as to who told her boss who she was, maybe because I skimmed some parts. It could have been a tad shorter. Overall, a good read. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say I liked that there wasn't a lot of angst in this I mean there was stuff that irritated me but there it wasn't really angsty and I felt like this was one where the cartoon cover fit the book yes I think somebody says that same comment oh. later on um Cassie says this was this book just wasn't for me it was the type of new adult book yeah and this one is she's definitely a new adult I don't know that I get new adult vibes from him but she definitely is but <coughs> Cassie says it was the type of new adult book that makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah. The characters, especially Olivia, were so immature it kind of stressed me out while reading. When Colin was upset with Olivia for drinking slash dumping half of his fancy bottle of tequila that his sister gave him for a special occasion and Olivia got mad at him? Yes. She says, girl, you're an unwanted guest in someone's home. Act right. Yes. Yes, seriously. Even if you're not unwanted. Like, because I don't think that she was unwanted necessarily, but it's like you're a guest in, like, I go out of my freaking way if I'm staying in somebody else's house. You're a guest in my house. I don't care about your house. <laughs> um, but. I'm just kidding. You're not a guest. <laughs> but, you know, you, you go out of your way to try to, and that's just because yeah. that's the decent thing to do. Absolutely. Anyway, um, Cassie continues. Nothing about the book was egregious. It just wasn't an enjoyable reading experience for me personally. That's fair, Cassie. I enjoyed reading the book. I just Same. got irritated with And it her. was a fast read. I will also say, I will also give it that point. Like, I read it in one sitting, but that's just because I always have to end up doing that. Well, that's on you. I know. And I don't dis... I actually kind of enjoy that as a reading experience, um, which is why I think I kind of end up doing it that way a lot of times. Maida says, this book got me out of a reading slump a few months ago. Brother's best friend, close proximity, great chemistry, and bantery exchanges. It was a lot of fun. Not a romance, but I appreciated that they both messed up at different times and had to apologize. It reminded me of The Unhoneymooners, which is a big compliment in my book. Um, I can see that. And I could definitely see this being a good reading slump book because it's just easy, fun. Yeah. No angst. Yeah. Okay. Like-minded Lori. Let's see. She even says at the end that she's worried about her like-minded status on this one. <laughs> so, and I haven't read the whole thing. So let's see if... I haven't read any of if these. If her streak so. gets to keep going. 
Lori says, I really wanted to love this, and it seemed like my kind of catnip. Sassy, brother's best friend, rom-com with loads of flirty text exchanges and cheeky banter. But it turned out all the pieces didn't work for me this time. I was incredibly frustrated by Olivia for most of the book, which made it really hard to root for her. Lori, so far, Same. so good. Um, she came off as very immature, frequently making excuses for how things weren't really her fault, and incredibly rash in how she reacted to wrongs and slights, perceived or real. Sometimes the whole hot mess slash walking disaster thing is supposed to be shorthand for quirky, which isn't great, but I think I would have preferred that to the way Liv was unwilling to accept responsibility for the messes she seemed to leave in her wake. I get that Colin's decision to withhold his identity wasn't cool. I'm not a fan of catfishing stories. You know, it's always going to blow up when the other person find it, finds out. And yet I felt like Colin was the rational one here. Lori, same. <laughs> same. Anywho, I could appreciate that it was a well-written story. The banter was fun, and I did love all the cheeky text exchanges. And for what it's worth, I thought the cover was an appropriate use of cartoon cuteness. I think Liv's characterization was my biggest beef, but unfortunately informed so much of the story, it kept me from really being able to enjoy this book as much as I would have liked. Fingers crossed I don't lose my like-minded status on this one. Girl, no. No. That's like spot on. <laughs> Because I really, when I started reading it, I was like, oh, this is fun. And I was really enjoying it. And I really wanted to love this book. And like yeah. I said, even when she really irritated me after that first time, like when she lost her job and, and blamed him, um, and I got super irritated with that. But I was like, okay, let's just keep going. And I even said to Ellen, I said, I'm really liking this book. It just depends on how the conflict goes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then she pissed me off in the conflict even more. So I was like, Pfft. Yep. Um, Lori, you're, you're still, yeah, you're still good. You're girl. still like-minded. Yep. Ruthie says it was fun. I agree on pretty much all of the above. However, it didn't actually bother me while reading. It just made me not as engrossed in the characters and story as I might have been. And I put it aside once or twice to read something else. Definitely a willing uh, suspension of disbelief allowed me to read it. I will say the lying about being a parent was cringy for me, and I was surprised her boss was friendly when they caught up later. I honestly was as well. Like, that's kind of what I mean when I say, like, she almost didn't deserve some of the luck that she yeah. got. Um, Colin was a hot brother's best friend. Nicely done. I do love that, you guys. I enjoyed the nods to You've Got Mail, um, like the dog, and all these nothings meant more than dot, 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 quote, about how their text meant a lot to her. Obviously, this author is a fan of Bridget Jones' version of Pride and Prejudice 2, called Firth Anyone. I would say that one of the most unique parts was when Colin explained why he loved her and how he really saw her craziness and clumsiness, clumsiness as a love for people and life versus being self-absorbed and careless as maybe others have seen her. I think that progression of declaration made a really solid ending for me. He originally gives a kind of I love you in spite of you Darcy a la Jones style um, profession. And then later when she comes back, he really tells her why he loves her. I liked that a lot and I could see some conquering her family together down the road. Overall, a decent read for me. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit on the things that yeah. I really liked about the book. Um, and that's a good call out that it... it I didn't think about it being like the Bridget Jones declaration, but it is quite a bit like, like that. Um, Madison says, this is one of my favorites of all time. Lynn's humor is so effortless and had me laughing out loud the whole time. I've recommended this book to everyone I know. Uh, the characters were flawed and made poor choices at points, but I actually love that because it felt real. 
I will definitely be reading whatever she writes next. Um, Madison, I don't disagree, but I, I could see where it would be a good recommendation to people just because it's fun. It's fun. And the Rome and the sex is very, I wouldn't even call it tame. It's just readable. It's very readable sex. Yeah. It's, it's not like, um, harsh. Like there's sometimes when I'm reading sex scenes, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like I wouldn't want to read this with, you know, my daughter. <laughs> no, that would be horrible. <laughs> Um, but this was a very palatable no, sex and I definitely will want to check out other books because I did really like her writing style. I did really like, a, like we've said, a lot about this book. I wanted to love it so hard. She but you just, know what we have to do? We have to, we have to really hone in on the stuff we don't like. Mm-hmm. Victoria said, I read this a while ago, but really liked it. It was fun, bantery, and had good writing. Quite mom-friendly, too, but still spot on with their chemistry. I think a brother's best friend rarely goes wrong. It saves us from insta-love, and this had an enemy-to-lovers vibe to to it in the beginning. I did find Liv a bit of a character at times, with everything going tragically wrong all the time, and quite immature, too. Sometimes in these books, the drama drags too long. If anything here, contrary to others' opinions, maybe, I found it too short. The pacing of the book was a bit off for me, and it felt that the second half of it was a bit rushed, with the resolution wrapped up in one chapter. While I normally play editor in my head and think, cut, 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 in this case, I would have added some pages at the end. All in all, I still really liked it and went on to read Lynn Painter's uh, YA better than the movies, which was cute. The only negative note was that spaghetti recipe she made that hurt my Italian heart. I kept thinking that too, Victoria. Uh, plus, don't add olive oil to the pasta water. Whatever your reason for it, just don't. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big no-no for yeah. Italians. I, I thought that at the time when I was reading it. Yeah. Um, no, when she was explaining her, her spaghetti recipe, I'm like, you're using what now? Like, there was... The biggest problem I had is that she left for, like, hours... Well, that was another, that was another instance of, like, her being a terrible house guest and then, like, being, and then, and then when her brother gets, like, come on, like, clean up after yourself. And yeah. she gets all, like, dude, like, calm down. It's like, no, clean up after clean yourself. Clean up after yourself. <laughs> um, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yes. There was something I was going to respond to. Oh, with the second half of it being a bit rushed. Um, I don't disagree with that, but I think that's where we come down on the resolution. I think we're, I think we're talking about the same thing where there should have been more. It just wraps to, up so quickly. Yeah. And it's like where it's there the, needed to be more soul searching on her end where she like, where we see her thinking out like why she was being silly about leaving him. And then her going and making more of a spectacle of herself to, like, apologize to him is yeah. what that should have been. And she so should have been standing out in the rain with a boombox. So I don't disagree, Victoria. Um, Shannon says, I agree with everyone else. There is definitely a need to suspend disbelief that anyone can be that crazy. <laughs> Olivia flies through life without a second of consideration of the consequences. This part of her character is way overdone. I didn't like her family or Colin's family either. I'll give a small pass to his sister. And I liked her sister-in-law. Yeah. I liked her sister-in-law and I liked his sister. Yeah. So the sisters were good. But the brothers were... The brothers... Were kind of like non-entities. Well, and they kind of treated her... I don't know. It's just kind of like, oh, that's just Olivia being Olivia. And um, I did like that there was like not too much drama with 
Jack and the, him finding out. Is this a place for me to interject? I don't like the way moms are portrayed all the time in these things. Sure, mom. <laughs> well, this whole idea that someone, I was telling Ellen, I said, so her mom is probably 10 years younger than me because she's probably 10 years younger than Ellen. And um, she doesn't know what an Alexa is. She doesn't know how to use a cell phone. I'm like, come on. In this day and age, anyone my age would know how to, knows how to use Alexa and a cell phone. And she's supposed to be younger than you. Yeah. And that's not like I'm like a crazy techie person. I just. You are though in like the grant, <laughs> like we both think that we're not techie people, but in like relatively speaking, we are fairly techie. Well, that's true. But I mean, everybody has an Alexa these days. It's not. I know. Like kids come out of the womb knowing how to use an Alexa yeah. nowadays. Well, they do. <laughs> my granddaughter's always yelling at my Alexa and I'm like, stop it. <laughs> Alexa, play It's Raining Tacos. <laughs> Don't say it. She'll hear you. Um, Shannon continues. I didn't like her family or Colin's family either. I'll give a small pass to his sister. At least she seemed to care if Colin was happy. Great banter. Loved how Colin showed why Olivia is the way she is. I thought his realization was very sweet, and he then saw everything in a new light. Overall, it was a fun read. Not sure if I'll want to read this author again, though fair um other lori said i read this over spring break and i can't remember much except that i thought it was really fun lori i think that that's okay that that's all you <laughs> it was really fun it was and that's probably all and, i'll remember too <laughs> yeah let's be honest um georgina said this book showed me how much your perception of something can change depending on when you're reading it we're always saying that. Yeah. The first day I got through 75% of it and didn't really love it for all the reasons mentioned above. Mostly that I don't like when the heroine's main character trait is that she's clumsy. Also, the story felt more like a collection of moments rather than a structured and planned storyline. However, when I came back to finish it three days later, I found myself really enjoying it. I started appreciating Olivia around the same time Colin saw her in a new light. Overall, I would give this a happy rom-com like... I'm not sure it would count as the swooniest moment, but I loved watching Colin go through all that heartbreak at the end because it showed us how much he actually cared about her. One last thing. Even if you didn't like this book, I strongly recommend Better Than the Movies, the author's previous one. I'm not a YA fan, but this book has become one of my favorites. It's a heartfelt story about a teenager dealing with grief over losing her mom, young love, and all the changes that come in when leaving high school. All of this wrapped up in an entertaining storyline that works as a perfect homage to rom romantic comedies. Trigger warning for this group includes fake dating. <laughs> That's our trigger. That's, That's our, our trigger, trigger warning. warning. No, no, not fake dating. <laughs> I can handle any of anything else. Um, um, that's good to know, Georgina. And um, yeah, that I mean, yes, perception totally and timing is we're always saying absolutely. absolutely a factor. Well, I think that's one of the things that I loved about this book is that it was just low angst. It was yes, just I mean, a fun, easy. I read. think we were set up because we've been like we've mentioned, we've been in the market for something that's just well. And our of, last couple of books have been kind of heavy. Yeah. Um, final comment. Amy says, I think this might have been a right book, wrong time situation. I finally read The Unhoneymooners right before I started this book, so I could not help but compare the two. They both had so many similarities, such as forced proximity, enemies to lovers, a long duration of knowing each other before getting together, and of course, the banter. So while I enjoyed this book for being well-written, 
lighthearted, and funny, it still ended up being a like for me. I thought Olivia was unrealistically immature and accident-prone. Her quote-unquote hot mess was just too exaggerated, and it came off as more annoying than entertaining. Who opens an unopened bottle in someone's liquor cabinet and then doesn't even care or apologize when the owner explains it was sentimental? I'm all for a good temporary suspension of belief. I mean, I gave Becoming Vincent five stars. <laughs> uh, but something about her character just didn't work for me. Her poor decision-making skills just frustrated me, and I found the plot and conflicts to be overly predictable and felt like I was just slogging through the narrative to see what I already knew was going to happen. I gave this one three stars. Um, so I think the bulk of you seem to kind of be on board with, with us, with where we're at on this one. Um, and it just, um, it makes me want to read more brother's best friend, which I always want to read. I know, but there's not many of them out there. There, there seem to be few and far between. Um, so if you guys have a good recommendation for that, I would (laughs) be on board. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I've said it and I'll say it again, but I really wanted to love this one. Um, and it was very well set up for me to love it. Um, I mean, I think, I think this one got on the list because I was kind of having to, to pick between a few of the, like, where you were reading back cover descriptions. And I was reading back cover descriptions. I'm like, oh my gosh, this one has to be on the list. (laughs) Because you guys like the the wrong number and brother's best friend. I like as soon as I read that, I'm like, okay, so this one is going on the list. Um, and I'm not mad. Like I'm very not mad that I read it. It was, in a lot of respects, delightful. Yeah. Um, and it, she just was. Special. Well, as always, we always harp on the parts that, you know, we can harp on. We don't always go gush about the good stuff. When there's stuff to harp on that we that yeah we're off putting, yes. but um especially because I mean I think that the negatives depending on how egregious they are can sometimes you know dampen your experience with the book yeah which I think is well and like I said I really tried to love this book I I really enjoyed reading it up until you know then she started doing stuff that was bugging me and I was like oh oh come on pull it together pull it together. <laughs> Because I really want to love it. Yeah. And um, and I think also just the fact that, like, she didn't, like, and that we're kind of both let down by the ending. Yeah. Um, kind of also maybe just left it at kind of a lackluster. Yeah. For... So it lost, lost, it lost its love status. Yeah. Um, okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Mr. Wrong Number by Lynn Painter. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, um, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On July 25th, we will be chatting about The No Show by Bethel Leary, which I've heard some of you are worried we're going to have mixed feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain to you. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. We will see you guys next week. See you. We're using air quotes. You know. You know what we mean. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Bye. 
Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.